Welcome to the Bible Literacy Podcast, where you get to develop and expand your biblical knowledge and understanding in 30-minute doses twice a month. This is the podcast that will grant you a better appetite, not only for reading and studying the scriptures, but a greater appetite for God, which will always result in godly, righteous living. I am your host, Emphatic Grace, and I have been researching and studying the Bible since 2008. I did my systematic theology in 2011, and with all that said, I do not consider myself to be an expert in the scriptures, for I am and always will be a student of the scriptures. And now, on to today's episode. what the heart and the intention of the Bible is. And the heart and the intention of the Bible has nothing to do with what people have used it for over the years. Well, welcome to the Bible Literacy Podcast. And this is episode two. And on today's episode, we will be talking about where does the Bible come from? Where does the Bible come from? Uh, but before we get into that, I would like to encourage you to please subscribe um, to this podcast if you are enjoying the content that we are bringing to you thus far and you are looking forward to more of it. So, yes, I'd greatly appreciate that. It would be, it'll be highly, highly appreciated if you would do that. Thank you so much. So, where does the Bible come from? I this is a this is a very close topic to my heart. I personally have um, I have stories of of misunderstanding, and I I I, I was once walking in ignorance about a lot of things when it came it comes to, to to the Bible before I was saved and even after I got saved, it took me a while to eradicate those those ignorant thoughts and and what I thought was understanding and what I thought was true about the Bible. Um yeah, so that is why I I feel that it's it's necessary for me to share this with you guys in case there's someone who is listening out there who who wants to know where does the bible come from you know i what one of the things i used to believe before i got born again was that the bible was nothing but a bunch of lies that was put together by europeans and they used it to come and and can black people in Africa out of their they, they livestock and their property and their land. Uh, so they exchanged these stories, these fables, these myths, these lies that they had put together into this thing they called the Bible. And they gave that to, to the black people and they took their land. And as much as they, they did do that, um, what is not true about that story is that the Bible is a bunch of lies. The Bible is no lie. I know better now. I 
am wiser now. I have more understanding and more clarity as to where the Bible comes from, what the story of the Bible is, and what the heart and the intention of the Bible is. And the heart and the intention of the Bible has nothing to do with what people have used it for over the years. Excuse me, I don't think there is a book that has been misused and abused as much as the Bible throughout history for people to get what they want. And that is a very sad story. Um, that is a sad reality about the Bible, which is part of the reason why a lot of people are have a distaste towards Christianity because of everything that mankind has done and used the Bible for. Right, let me start with the first thing that I want to that I want to 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 tell you guys about the Bible and where it comes from. The first thing that I want to talk about and and where it comes from is the word Bible itself. <laughs> I know, slow down, wait before before you stop before you stop the podcast and be like, ah, oh, whatever. Listen, listen, I'm getting to something. Just because you probably know or you think you know where the word Bible comes from, just give it a moment. Listen, listen to me. Okay. I'm sharing the story because I was once ignorant, like I already said. And so when I was a newly born again Christian, I thought I was on fire for Jesus. I was like, yeah, defending anything to do with the gospel. And uh, <laughs> in my little informed um, well, my mind wasn't little, but with the little information that I had in my mind and the little understanding that I had, um, for me, the word Bible was such a sacred word, you know, because I've only ever known the Bible, the, the scriptures that we use, what we call the Holy Bible, to be the Bible, right, to be like this holy thing. My grandmother used to say, you can't even put the Bible on the floor. Um, so when I got born again, you know, Bible, Bible was like part of the package of everything holy. And so one day I walk into a bookshop and I see a book written, the kitchen Bible. <gasps> oh my God. Did I not? Oh, I was just like, what is this? Blasphemy. How dare they? How dare Dare they use the word Bible on kitchen things and so carelessly and you know <laughs> I was really touched. I was, I was I was I was seriously offended by by these people who wrote the kitchen Bible. So that's why it's important for me to to share this because maybe there is like another me out there who is also just like oh blasphemy. Don't use the word Bible anyway, anyhow. But yeah, the word Bible originates from the Latin word Biblia, which actually comes from the Greek word ta Biblia, which both words basically mean book or books, right? Now, the Greek derived this word ta Biblia uh, from the... So they, there was a, a, a city... In, in in Phoenicia, which was a port city, which basically means it was in the coast and it used to export 
an import, like it was, there was export and import happening in that city. And one of the main things that they used to export from Biblia, oh, that's the name of the city, by the way, the name of the city is, is Biblos. I said Biblia, my bad. The name of the city was called Biblos, right? So one of the main things that they used to export from Biblos was papyrus. Now, the name for papyrus or the word for papyrus in the Greek is bublos, which is B-U-B-L-O-S. And the, the name of the, the, the city where papyrus was exported from is B-Y-B-L-O-S. So because the city then was associated with writings and with books, because I'm assuming since they exported papyrus, they made papyrus there. So there must have been a lot of writing and um, and books coming out of that city as well. And so then with the, the word Biblia then being translated into English, then became Bible. And that is where we get the word Bible from. There's nothing sacred about the word Bible. It's, it's just a word that means books. And now that we've gathered that, that the word Bible means books, what does that then tell us about the Bible that we have? It's a collection of books. <laughs> it's a collection of books. That's basically what the Bible is. That's basically why it was called the Bible, because they put together all these books into this one book, and then it was called the Holy Bible right? The holy books, basically. That's it. That's all it is. That's that's all the Bible is. Now, all these books that they collected and put into this holy Bible, where do they come from? And how do they decide which books they're going to put in? Who decided which books are going to go into this book? And that is what I'm going to tell you after I drink this water. Okay. So there are these 66 books that we walk around with from time to time in our phones, in our bags. We go to church. We go wherever. We read them sometimes. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just have them in our closets and they're just sitting there collecting dust on the cover. Anyway, that's the Bible. It's got 66 books in it. It's divided into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament, otherwise also known as the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Um, there's 39 books in the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. There's 27 books in the New Testament or the New Covenant. and how this this book is also known as the canon now the word canon comes from the greek which means a measuring rod or a measuring stick right so it's called the canon because of the process that was used to decide on which books were actually going to go into this collection of books. 
So that process was then called canonization. So what we then learn from the word canon is the fact that there was a, a, a measuring rod, so to speak. There was a way of measuring or deciding which books would make it into the Bible, right? Because there were a lot of books. There were a lot of books that were fighting to get into the Bible, right? There were, there were a lot of um, scriptures and, and his, history books coming from the, from the Jewish uh, people. Remember these, 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 these scriptures, this Bible that we have is taken or it comes out of the history of the people of Israel or what we commonly know today as the Jewish people. That's, that's where the Bible actually originally originates come from. It is actually the history of the people of Israel. That's why you hear Israel uh, being mentioned so much when we read the Bible and talk about the Bible. It's their story. It's, but it's their story linked or leading to our story, right? Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that as well on another day, how their story leads to our story. How did we get to be part of their story? So, um, so yeah, this, these, there was all these books now and all these writings that were basically fighting, um, so to speak, fighting to, to be put and included into this holy book. So who was making this decision? It was this group of old men for like hundreds of years. Okay, it wasn't the same people because like they, <laughs> by the time they were doing this, people were not living for hundreds of years like Abraham and all those old folks who lived for like 900 years and stuff. They were living like normal years like us. They died in their 60s, their 40s, they, you know, their 30s and whatnot. But it is these guys that are known as the 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 early church fathers, right? So those were the guys who were basically in in leadership positions in the church during the the early hundreds, uh, around about two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, to around about like five hundred A.D., depending where you get your research from. Um, these guys were putting in and pulling out books into this Bible because now the church across the world where Christianity and everywhere where Christianity had already been embraced and accepted as a faith, they they had to agree that this is what we're going to be teaching our people. This We have to be in agreement as the body of Christ. So they had to agree on which books that they're going to put into, um, into the Bible so that they're all teaching the same thing, right? So that took a while. That, that took like, that took hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, books were put in, books were taken out. And there was a whole process that they used to, to decide on this. And one of the main the main thing that they looked for was whether or not these scriptures were inspired 
by God. And I'm going to come back to that and explain to you what I personally think inspired by God, how they, how they determined if the book was inspired by God or not. Other things that they looked at um, while they, they, they were going through this process of selecting which books to go in, it was the literary style. So you might think like, why does that matter? But because these are ancient scrolls and these are ancient books, there were some books that were re um, written quite recently in their time. They were relatively modern for, to them. So they were able to detect that uh, this style of writing is actually very now as compared to the ancient scriptures that we we we, we can tell that these ones are you know of, of ancient times so then that would mean that whatever is written there is you, you can't really trust because you know you 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 who's this person who's still alive today that's writing about what happened in Jesus's day, like 300 years later, who's this one person that's still alive? And a lot of times those books actually contradicted and and were very, they were very dodgy, man. They had like all these stories that were contrary to, to the rest of the scriptures, right? And so they those were disregarded and those are known those are mostly what is known as the gnostic gospel so they were considered to be heresy and the word heresy simply means um that it's it's not true to to the truth of the bible basically it it goes against the teachings of the bible it's false doctrine Yes, basically it's false doctrine. That is what heresy is. And um, they were not consistent with the character of God or the character of Jesus. Um, and yeah, things like that. Those, those are the things that they looked at when they were selecting the books that would go into, into the Bible. Now, there are certain books that were also at a later stage, they were once included in the Bible, but at a later stage, they were taken out and these books are known as the apocrypha or the which means um the the hidden books I, I mean i don't know why they're hidden but but those books include books like the book of judith or the maccabees now what i know about the maccabees is that it's it's not that these books are heresy but these books also tell a story of the israelites now, I don't, perhaps you, you've heard before uh, about the 400 years of silence where, where God didn't speak to the people of Israel between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Usually people will tell you that that white piece of paper, you know, that blank piece of paper between the, the Old Testament and the New Testament in your Bible is the, the 400 plus years of, of God being silent with the people of Israel. Now, how the people of Israel determined um, whether God was speaking to them or not was if there was a prophet in the land. And there had not risen up a prophet 
in the land for 400 years until John the Baptist came and Jesus came, right? That's why people were all like, everyone was flocking to John the Baptist because they were like, are you the prophet? Are you are you the voice of God? Because they were waiting for the voice of God. They've been wanting to hear from God for such a long time. Are you the voice of God? Are you the voice of God? Um, so the Maccabees is tells the story of the Jewish people and what was happening during those years, right? They they were fighting a lot of, um, they were basically a rise of a revolt that went against the Greek, um, the Greece, when, Greek, when Greece had taken them over, uh, Abu Alexander the Great and such. So, because they, they, because now the Greek had come and introduced all these many gods and all these things, and they wanted to go back to worshiping one god, monotheism, and um, so that's that's what the the Maccabees was all about. So, but now, why then was it excluded if it's still part of the history of the people of Israel? This is what I think, right? Because if I look at all the all the books that were included in the Bible, the how they, they decided that the book was inspired by God. There was a prophet in the time that was speaking from God. So the voice of God was found in that book. And therefore they felt that the book is inspired by God because God speaks in this book. It, it, it tells the story of God. It reveals God and God is speaking to his people. God is present with his people in in all the books that they chose to actually put into the Bible. And so now the, with the Maccabees, God had been silent during that time. So they 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 felt that the, then the books were not inspired by God because there was no prophet, the, the voice of God is not evident in those books. And so they, they, separate, they took them out. That is personally what I think. That's the only thing that would make sense to me why they took them out. Because there's no lie, you know, they're not telling lies, they're t basically just telling the story of what was happening. It's just literature of what was happening in those days at that time when it came to the people of Israel. And so, yeah, that is how uh, the Bible was put together. That is where the Bible actually comes wrong i can't believe our time is almost up but yes that's everything that i have for you today i will definitely definitely um do a part two of this because there is so much more to talk about um from this carrying on from this especially with regards to the fact that the scriptures don't belong to us as the closer people or the stronger people or the Basutu, or the the Venda people, or whoever, or or the English people, or the Americans, or the Asians, or whoever. They 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 don't come from us, but they originate, and they are a story of a people, which means they they are things that then we we probably have to know and understand about the people in order to better understand and know the scriptures and the Bible that we have with us today. 
with that said thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the bible literacy podcast i hope that you are blessed i hope that your understanding and your knowledge has been um added to and has been expanded and yeah i would like to ask you once again that if you are blessed in any way by this episode if you could please not only just subscribe from where you consume the content from but it would be greatly appreciated if you would share with your people and your followers on your social media pages that would be really wonderful if you feel that this content would help someone else really really appreciate that thank you so much for tuning in and i will see you two thursdays from now grace be with you i'm out <laughs>